Welcome to the Grief Dreams Podcast, where we have conversations with guests about their life, loss, grief, and of course, grief dreams, which can be dreams of the deceased. If you want to know more about the topic and your hosts, please visit our website at griefdreams.ca. To support our podcast, please go ahead and rate it. For additional ways to support us, please refer to our show notes. Before we move on with the show, we'd like to give a territory acknowledgement. Long before Canada was formed, the Stalo people were the original land stewards, and they have lived here since time immemorial. They continue to live in the unceded Stalo territory, known to settlers as the Fraser Valley and Lower Fraser Canyon of British Columbia. We recognize and honor the contribution that Indigenous people have made and continue to make to our community and the topic of great dreams. Welcome to the Grief Dreams Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. We always appreciate it. And so today, I'll be your host, uh, Joshua, and we have a special returning guest on the show, which I'm really excited to talk to, so Nikki Wilson. So she was here on episode 128 last, which is actually around four years ago. So this is going to be really interesting to catch up with her. But she is the owner of Mira Denim, and she is uh, a model, and she just competed in the Miss Grand Australia. So welcome, Nikki, back on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. I know, four years. Can you believe that? You were just, I remember I re-listened to the episode and you were just coming out of undergrad. And there's this conversation that we had just about like what life is going to bring you and what career opportunities are you going to unfold. And here you are with like two really things you didn't mention on the podcast, being an owner of a a clothing line and then also a model. And so I'm just really curious, how'd you get there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking about it and where I was at that stage of my life and finishing my uni degree and I wanted to be a writer. I was going to go do my master's in creative writing and then that didn't happen. Um, COVID happened and I was in Melbourne. So we had the worst lockdowns of anywhere I'm pretty sure we got to lockdown six we couldn't go more than five kilometers and so I started to really reevaluate what I wanted and then on Instagram I found a pageant and I was like you know what I'm just gonna do something completely different I remember doing the podcast with you I was so nervous I was like shaking but it was on the phone so you couldn't see me so it was fine (laughs) And then it's really stemmed from that. I fell into modeling and I started getting a lot of jobs um, with big brands as well, which is crazy. And then, yeah, it's gone from there. I don't write anymore though, which is really sad. I've been thinking about that. I want to get back into that. That's so interesting. Yeah. We never really know like what the future will bring us. An opportunity came and I don't know, like, well, how would you, why would you say yes? That's like, you're like flooding yourself because you're on stage or doing something you haven't done before. That learning curve would have been something that you probably look back on and say, I can't believe I did that or I said that or I, I wore that or whatever, right? That goes on. And then to be on stage, like there's no, as you said, like everyone's there watching you. And so could you talk a little bit about that growth process too on like building the confidence? Because I think, you know, for me, like speaking was something I never was really good at and I had confidence issues with that. And I've developed that over the years. And then for you, this is like your own path to building confidence. And I think that's important for all of us. And so could you just talk a little about building confidence. Yeah, that's definitely what happened from it. And I think I went into it just wanting to gain that confidence and that experience because I was the same. I hated talking in public. Um, In like team meetings, I wouldn't say anything. I was terrified of talking on stage. And so when I went to this pageant, I was a late entrant. I got in like two weeks before. I got my dress two days before I flew up. 
And I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. Like girls spend thousands of dollars on it. They have like professional coaches. They've got custom-made costumes. And I'm there and I've like stuck butterflies on this dress for my national costume. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. But then you you get there and you realize that you can actually do it and you get on the stage and you're like, okay, no, this is actually okay. I just did that and I was fine. Nothing bad happened. And then it just built from there. And the more I did photo shoots and the more you put yourself out of that comfort zone, you realize you can actually do anything if you really want to do it. You just have to go do it. And the first time you're going to be horrible. I look back on my walking videos from that pageant and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what was I doing? But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be where I am now. So it's all about just throwing yourself out there. And that's what I've started doing. Even with my business, I was like, you know, I want to do it. I'm just going to go do it. Even if it fails, whatever, at least I've tried. I'm not going to look back and go, I wish I had just gone and done it. Yeah, that's so true. It's the hardest part is just getting started, right? Is taking that leap and getting the courage to to face whatever fears or whatever resistance is holding you back and to sort of see what will happen. And then you said like this beautiful outcome came where now you're continuing to do it. Um, You're, I don't know if you, do you still have the nerves that you once did or or now are you helping like other individuals start and maybe um, try to go and, and do this for the first time? I still get nervous before going on stage. So for Grand, um, that was my first pageant I went into where I'd actually had proper coaching and walk coaching. So they teach you how to do the pageant walk. And I think I'd put more pressure on myself to be better, not to win, but to just to be really good. And so when I got on the stage and I didn't hit the routine I wanted, I was like, oh no, it's not what I wanted. But then I watched the videos and I was like, this is so fine. Like I need to relax. But I think I have moved into that stage where I can help people And so the girls that were new, I would sort of give them advice on Instagram before we went. And there's actually um, like a family friend. She used to be my neighbor during COVID and she's, I think she's 14. And so she was like, can you train me to like do a pageant? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. So we're moving into coaching, which is not something I expected. Well, it's just beautiful to sort of like understand that the stuff you went through, other people are experiencing now and you have built so much on that on your own self-confidence and you're valuing the experience and it's like for me it was like speaking and being on stage and like doing this podcast and other things and for you it's like being on stage and modeling and all all that sort of stuff and that's like amazing like for me to sort of see that kind of growth and then now you're actually now helping other people and people are being inspired to try that route too to gain their courage to be able to do something like that i think it's it's beautiful Yeah, it's really good. And I love being able to do something like this where four years ago, I can look back and go, wow, that's where I was. And now I'm here talking to you again. And it's like a completely different place and not where I expected to be at all. No, you're a completely different person, right? Like, (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like, wow, it's only been four years. Like you never know, you know, what happens through time. And I know, so when you were on the podcast, we really talked about the different, I think you had three different deaths that occurred throughout uh, mm-hmm. your life that really impacted you and, and how you're able to express emotions. And through that process, you're, I remember at the end, you're getting better at expressing your emotions. And so like now, where are you now? Because I would think, you know, expressing emotions takes courage and confidence in yourself and what you need and want. I'm guessing, I'm just curious how this may have maybe helped you in the sense of expressing yourself or understanding your emotions a little bit more. I think part of the reason I got into it was because of sort of what happened with my uncle and just helping me heal from that. It took a very, very long time 
for me to actually come to terms with everything. And a lot happened in the past four years that escalated it as well. And I think building that support system that I got from going to these pageants and being meeting new people and actually listening to other people's stories has really helped me heal. Um, I'm still not great at talking about my emotions, but I understand them more now and I actually let myself feel instead of just blocking, which is what I was doing for a really long time. And then it would come out in other ways. So I don't, I think I'm still on a journey (laughs) when it comes to expressing. I'm better at expressing my needs and wants, but if I'm upset, I step back and, you know, it might take me 24 hours and then I'll come back and be like, okay, no, I was upset about this. We need to talk about it. Wow. That's, it's beautiful to hear that. And it's beautiful to hear that. So like you're seeing the growth and that you are still on that grief journey to be able to think about that and have a new group of people that you can talk to, like a new support system in a time where you never know when you're going to need those. And especially with COVID, you know, that was hard to come by. And so it's nice you're able to really find those, those new, new group of people to be able to talk um, about your loss too. And so I'm curious, just you, you said like in the four years, you had some, some learnings or some teachings or some moments of grief that came up. Could you really, I guess, talk a little bit about that when it comes to, it was, it was from your uncle's death. Yeah. So it was still, I think it had only been two years or a year and a half when I first spoke to you. So there was still a lot of like family drama happening, which happens. Um, So I reconnected with my grandma. I'm not sure if I said it on my last podcast, but we weren't talking. Um, And then there was some drama about like the will. So in his note, he said he didn't want anyone to have anything. So my mom and I were like, okay, like respectfully, like we're not going to do that, like take anything. And then I went to my grandma's house and she had all of this stuff. She had like sold all of this stuff and bought herself a brand new car and she was trying to give me his things. And I was like, I don't want them because what am I going to do with them? And he said, he didn't want us to have them. I don't feel comfortable doing it. And she just didn't understand that. So after that, I stopped talking to her again and I hadn't told my mom I'd spoken to her because I knew it was going to be like this. And then she sent me this message just saying, you know, I knew you were just here to spy on me, to tell your mother everything. And I was like, no, I genuinely wanted to reconnect. And then I saw what you had done and decided myself that that was not okay. You could have donated that money to charity. Like there's so many suicide prevention charities here that you could have helped with it. So it's just crazy that she's had that mindset. And then I actually had dreams after seeing her and it was like this red balloon And I could just feel so much anger coming out of it. And then it would just pop. And I told my mom about it. And she's like, I think it's, you know, Uncle Chris is angry about what she's done. And it's all this anger. Who knows if that's the real reason? (laughs) But yeah, that's one of the dreams that I remember the most because it was just such weird timing to have that. Was it your, have you thought about like your anger? Like, did you have a lot of anger? Yeah. I was like, it could just be my anger and I'm expressing it through a balloon. <laughs> well, it's just, it's interesting, right? But it's, I think it's the, the symbol of it popping. It's just like, it gets too much, right? And yeah. that's some of the things that we were talking about last time is just like our emotions, if we don't work with them, they come out sideways and in different ways where they're, they're kind of exploding rather than being worked with or being honored. And like, yeah, anger is okay. Like what 
for someone to not honor the deceased wishes, I would be angry too, right? Like for someone you care about and love, they're going against someone's wishes that can't speak for themselves anymore. And I think that's just righteous anger. It's it's okay. But it's really to like feel it though. That's a different part. Feel it, acknowledge it, and like allow yourself to be in that space is a different story, right? And I think that's something I'm still working on. And it's like <laughs> in the dream, I'm guessing it's, you know, it's still being worked on. But it's, you know, that's what's so great about dreams and especially like these emotions. It's that, you know, we're trying to process a lot of that stuff while we're sleeping um, because sometimes we just can't process it while we're awake there's just not enough time or we're just not in a space to be able to so that's interesting and so have you so tell me anything is there anything more you can tell me about that how are you how did you process that anger um, did you just that, explode uh, like the dream or, <laughs> or did you actually do something much yeah um for like 2020 i was at the lowest point i've ever been at and I think it was just a build up of everything. And I just hit rock bottom, made some bad choices. And then I think it was good that we were in lockdown because I was forced to actually sit there and go, I need to deal with these emotions. It's this, I can't keep going like this. Um, so I think that was actually a big help as much as I, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> He's getting involved as well. Um <laughs> Lockdown and dealing with my emotions, it helped because yes. I was forced to deal with it. <laughs> and so with that time in lockdown, like what, I guess, how, how did you work with your emotions? Like reflecting back, you said you had some time to be with them. How were you able to honor them a little bit more? I think just being by myself, because I lived by myself as well. And being in lockdown, I had no distractions. I was still working from home. But other than that, it was just this time of, self-reflection and going okay where do I want to be what do I want to do who am I how do I deal with this and so that's what I spent most of my lockdown doing and I was writing and I was I guess building my support network and then my mum came down so we became a lot closer as well we'd kind of disconnected after my uncle's death and now she lives a street over blessing and a curse (laughs) she just randomly appears here sometimes (laughs) but I think having her there really helped as well because we'd gone through the same journey and, you know, we'd been through it all together. And so we were able to talk about it. And at one stage it was the anniversary of his death. And I remember coming home and she was just in tears and I was like, okay, it's okay to feel upset and I should allow myself to feel upset too. So that really helped. I've never told her that and probably should tell her that, (laughs) but it's just being able to talk to somebody about it and actually giving yourself that time to reflect on it and work out why you're upset and how you can move forward from it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You really like said you're, you're taking that time and you're not, and it takes courage to open yourself up and, and tell other people and about how you're feeling. And that's one of the challenges. And it's nice how you're able to do that. And that has brought you and your mom closer too, which is really really great to hear because said like she's also dealing with her own grief that may she may not have that support too because we're all learning all learning how to deal with these emotions when they come up and so i think that's great are there any other i guess lessons learned that you can speak on um from that time in particular i think i just really focus on actually dealing with my emotions at the time of things happening instead of just letting it build up so i don't reach that point where i'm at my lowest 
So you don't reach it with the explosion of the balloon. Like you deal with it while it's being filled up. Yeah, it doesn't So it never actually explodes. It may just be filled up every now and then, but that's okay. But to not actually not deal with it. I like that. No, it's great. I love it being how we can always bring it back to the dream. <laughs> and and the one thing too, yeah. <laughs> the one thing too, you mentioned that like in this time, as you're working through your grief with your uncle, you also had some other loss of some flying friends. Do you want to speak on that? So the birds. So I ended up, my mom actually had a bird, Charlotte, and she got along really well with Lou. So I kept her when we went our separate ways. And then the vet told me to get her a male friend. So I was like, okay, cool. So I found her a male of the same type of bird, not thinking logically about it. And then they had babies. Um, So I ended up with five. (laughs) Then when I left my bathroom window open, they all flew out and I only found three. And I felt so guilty. Like I was in tears because they won't survive if they're out there by themselves because they're conyers. So they're really small and they're not native and there's other birds will attack them. So I was like dreaming about finding them and dreaming about them being okay. And I think that was, you know, my subconscious trying to deal with the fact that it was kind of my fault that if they're dead, you know, I left my bathroom window open. (laughs) It was actually really hard, which sounds so crazy. And I feel so silly saying that because they're like, oh, it's just pet birds. But I still feel quite guilty about it. And I'm still on the Facebook pages looking to see if anyone's found my birds. And this was October last year. So the likelihood that they're still out there is pretty slim. Um, but there's always hope. And I do still dream about them flying around and me trying to catch them. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry that you had that occur. Yeah, there's the things in life that we don't, you know, sometimes we're just, we just, just don't think that, oh, we got to close that window or they may escape, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's so tough to go through that. And then you said, like, it's, it's hard because it's like ambiguous loss. You don't, you haven't really seen them die or the body of of them so you don't really know you're hopeful that they found a way to survive and maybe someone found them and was able to help them out but yeah that's so sad but it's really interesting you're having those dreams yeah. of them. yeah it was really hard and so when you have those dreams how do you feel does it just invoke like tears when you wake up and, and, and sadness or are you more or is it comforting in nature i find it more comforting um because in the dreams they're you know flying around and they're happy and they're free So I think that's helpful because it's, you know, telling me they're okay, (laughs) even though I still don't really know, but yeah, you've just got to hope that they are okay. And like you said, I still don't know. And I think that's even harder than knowing for sure what's happened. No, I agree. Yeah. That's a tough loss to, to work with because you can't, you know, like as much as you want to go into the, the deep sorrow, there's still that hope there that you don't want to give up on. And so you're trying to balancing those two. I've never had that experience yet, so I can't speak too much on it from my my end, but you're going to be the expert in this area because you're trying to work through those emotions yourself. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I always think that I'm okay. And then this is what I mean with my emotions. Like sometimes I still don't realize and now I'm talking about it. And I'm like, no, I am still sad about that. So. <laughs> and did you name them before yes. they flew away? What were their names? So the three of them, I got back. So that's Charlotte, George, and Ronaldo. <laughs> and then the two that flew off were Rusty and Charlie. So Rusty was Charlotte's partner, so the dad of the babies, and then one of the babies never came back. I don't know if you would know, but would you? Did do you think the the other 
birds grieved the loss of the two? Did you see any kind of behaviors that are different? Birds don't really show when they're in pain. So it's really hard to tell. But I found Charlotte first. Um, she flew in with someone else's house and they found me on Facebook. So I just walked up the road and got her. And then when I found the babies, one of them had actually flown up to a hospital and was in the emergency room and was just flying around there. And it was so far from my house. I'm like, I don't know how you got here. That's crazy. But when I like reunited him with Charlotte, they were like cuddling and kissing. So I was like, they they realize they know that they're missing each other. So I think she probably was, especially Charlotte, because it was her mate. It was probably pretty upset. Yeah. But they don't, there wasn't any like strong behaviors. They didn't start acting out or anything. But like I said, they don't really show it. So it's hard to tell with birds, not like dogs. Have you seen a dog like grieve before? Not so much grieve, but Lou is very attached to me, the one barking right now. <laughs> So if I leave, he starts howling and just will not stay with anyone except my mum. Otherwise, he howls and he just acts like I've died and I'm never coming back. So I'm assuming that's what he would be like if he was fully <laughs> grieving. Right, yeah. Yeah, I always think like like animals, that you, you can definitely see their emotions and like they would grieve in their own special way. But yeah, so the, bird probably, mm. the birds probably did grieve their own way. I just couldn't see it behaviorally. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So is there anything else that you want to sort of talk about when it comes to, you know, things you've been, the, the places you've been, or the, the the things you've learned about grief throughout these last four years? Not that I can really think of. I think I'm a lot happier. <laughs> I think it's just coming down to actually being able to to process it and giving yourself the time. Even with my my two friends from high school, they... I still think about them and there's still things that remind me of them. And then um, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're not here anymore. So you do always have that weird moment. I don't think that's ever going to go away and you're always going to be a bit upset, but you just learn to deal with it. As they say, healing takes time. (laughs) Well, as they say, I think it takes more than time, but. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But wow, I think that is, I think, important to to just acknowledge about how far you have come and how, you know, it is a process and it, and it does take time, but it takes courage to look at the emotions and look at yourself differently and how you can process the emotions and hold them and talk about them. And it's all just like this process of us finding ourselves and I think valuing being human. Like a lot of times, like even for me, I know when I speak of myself, um, one of my things is just like honoring the humanness in us. We, like we try to portray a certain image, right, to the world, mm-hmm. but we have all these emotions. Yet the either the people around us don't want us to acknowledge some of those emotions, or only want parts of ourselves. But just really honoring all of ourselves, like it's in us for a reason. And I think there's something beautiful about becoming whole with that and becoming like one with who you truly are, not who you think you should be. I think that's where you're getting at too. It's like really honoring those feelings and and having the courage to really figure out who you are in this life. And I think we're all dealing with that in one way or another. And it's nice how you get to sort of look back at those four years and sort of see how far and how much has changed. And like, you're still learning about who you are and who you're going to be. And I think that's the beauty of it all is just like, you're going to be continuing to learn lessons about life and about grief you know, throughout the process. And I think that's just part of it. And being able to talk about it for me is is beautiful to hear because we need people to talk about it. You know, we need people to sort of talk about their journey. So people know as they're walking on it, 
what to expect or the process going in because you're right it's not you know it's not even time it's just like there's going to be moments in life that are going to bring emotions out in you and to be able to honor those and change the way we cope sometimes and you're you're doing more talking uh, have you done any more writing um just quickly on some of the emotions that you're feeling because i know like writing was such a big part of your processing i did in 2020 i actually was about to do my um, master's in creative writing. But since then, like I have like a little journal that I might like write some poetry in sometimes, but I just never do. And I like, I want to get back into it, but it's getting that motivation to sit down and write. Like, I feel like I'm so busy because I have a corporate job as well as modeling. So it's getting that balance. It's not easy. And taking that time for yourself as well, because that is what it is at the end of the day. It's doing something I love and like, self-care <laughs> so I'm going to do it this is this is me it's recorded I can't go back now I'm gonna start writing every night but no nothing new unfortunately well if you do write something I'd love to hear because I know in the original episode you wrote uh, an yeah. assignment just on your dreams and that actually helped you process your grief a little bit I remember you saying so yeah writing yeah. seems to be a tool that you, you you like to utilize and I think a lot of people do so our final question that we always like to ask is if you have a dream tonight of someone who has died. Could you talk about what dream you'd want to have? Um, I think it would be everyone that I know has that has died just comes and tells me that I'm doing okay, that I'm on the right path, even though sometimes I don't feel like I am. And I think just knowing they're there to support me would be nice. I like that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And how would the birds show that? Would they speak to you in the dream? No, they would just come and sit on my shoulders. That's what they do. They come and sit on me. <laughs> I love that. No, and I think, and I hope you don't need a dream to know that you're in the right space too, right? I think that's one of those things where you're doing so much and and what you have done so far is remarkable from where you used to be. And you got to be proud of that. You know, like, I think you'll find your direction, but I also think that you should really be proud of how far you've come. And a lot of times we always think about that perfectness or like what we could be achieving and that's a goal that's great but we can't sort of forget about how far we've come from where we used to be and to get encouragement by that like i'm still going to like a destination of like how much love can i show myself and how much can i feel during a day i'm not there yet but i'm much farther than i used to be and i'm actually really happy about that that i continue to be able to grow and see myself grow and so hopefully too, like that can be a part of your world too, where you just realize you're, you're doing, you're doing it. And like, that's the thing. And life tends to sort of help you out, you know, with that. And you said like your modeling career, it's going like, you never would have thought that. So I think, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I think, you know, life will definitely show you the way as you move forward. Yeah. It's just always good to hear it from someone else because it's yeah. so easy to doubt yourself. And then someone else says, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Isn't that so true though, right? Like we need that sounding board to just tell us and remind us of who we are sometimes. Like we can forget, we get sort of caught up in the voices of ourselves and our life or the negative voices of others through the experiences we have. And, you know, I would think being a model would be something similar in the sense of going on stage and not winning. You can have doubts of not being good enough, right? And so it's like challenging that with oh my God, I'm doing this and it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, it's almost like you could do the event and you can have two voices that are, I guess, both true in a way, right? Like one saying, oh, you didn't win. Like, 
<laughs> and the other one's saying, but look, you're actually doing this, right? So you can have those positive and negative voices. And I think that's like anything in life is like, who do you listen to of those? Because they're both there, but just like, who do you, who do you think is more valuable when you listen to them? And so, yeah, I can definitely understand how having people in your life to be able to just say like, you're on the right path, keep going, like keep doing this and keep you inspired that you are doing remarkable things. Like that's it. Like you're just doing remarkable things that you couldn't do before. And I think that's sort of the, the space to always be in and remind yourself of. Yeah, that's a really good reminder. I like that. I needed that. <laughs> So thank you so much for just coming on and sharing, being open, right? Like I said, just talking about your feelings. And I, I hope to continue every four years, you can come back on and let us know, you know where you're at and how much you've grown. And so where can people find you? Um, on Instagram. I do keep getting told to create a website um, for like all of my modeling journey and everything, but I'm not there yet. So just my Instagram, it's Nikki Wilso. And then do you have a website for the Myra Denim? Yeah, it's myradenim.com. Very simple. And it's M-I-R-A. Excellent. And can you just talk about what is that quickly? Like, what do you what do you sell? What's your product? It's a sustainable denim company. So the denim is made from recycled plastics called Reprieve. It's actually in America. <laughs> I know you're in Canada, but your neighbor. Um, and it gets made here in Australia. So the actual jeans are made here. So I've seen the manufacturer i've seen where it's made i know it's all ethical and i wanted to cut down on the shipping costs so it mainly just sells to australia but i can ship worldwide okay beautiful that's great so uh listeners check it out if you're interested and i wish you all the best uh, as you continue on this journey thank you 